3: Hey, everybody, it's G Suite by Google Cloud. It's a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail docs, slide sheets, and drive. We've talked about it before. I'll say it again. If you're somebody, and if you have a job, you probably are somebody who does this, which you have multiple documents, but you can't keep track of which revision did I make on page three versus page 11, and are they all lining up? This clears it all up for you. You can make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of multiple versions. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. Make it G Suite with Google Cloud. To find out more, visit gsuite.com. Reminder, not sweet like sugar, sweet like fancy. And now, let's hear just a little bit of history from pro football. 1.43 on the clock. First and 10 Pittsburgh. Down by a point. Landry Jones back to throw
1: from his five. Over the middle.
4: Perfect. Intercepts it. Perfect. Yeah. Intercepts yeah. It. Yeah.
5: Perfect. Yeah. Comes away with a football. Yeah. The Bengals have yeah. the ball with one minute and 36 seconds to go. Yeah. Vontaze Perfect, sprinting toward the locker room. room He has run inside the locker room, which makes no sense. He'd better come back out before there's a penalty flag.
6: David, football, football David. The Dave Damaschek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts
5: and at
6: NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damaschek.
3: Hi and hello, football fans. I hope all's well wherever you are. Here in Studio 66, my heart is suddenly swelling with joy upon hearing Vontez Perfect run off that field in Cincinnati a couple of Januarys ago. It's the funniest uh, thing that's ever happened in pro football, or it's certainly my favorite moment in pro football history. Vontez running off with 90 seconds left, then the Steelers win the game. Anywho, uh, big Week Six coming at you in pro football. We're going to chop it up with you right now. Much to get to here, including we will have. Have our red challenge flag picks for you: the five biggest games of the week by our estimation, including a special visitor. Willie McGinnis is going to join in and give us a focus on the uh, Chiefs against his Patriots. We all remember what happened the last time the Chiefs went up to Foxborough to start the 2017 season. Some so some thoughts from him. On that subject, and then we're going to hear a little college football talk from our guy, Eddie Spaghetti, and our other guy, Martin Weiss, and our other other guy, Kent Brown, and that will be at the back end of the show. Sort of like how the Around the NFL heroes got uh, started. Hans, Zeus and Sessler, a little uh, 10-minute chunk at the back of DDFP. Now the youngsters are going to tackle college football action as we approach that weekend for you, the three biggest games there. Meantime, let's say hello to everybody joining us in 66 and out from Orange County checking in from his bedroom on FaceTime, <laughs> he's one yeah. half of the best radio show in all the land. They're buzzing right now. If you're into postseason baseball, you want to be tuned in to AM570 or track it down on iHeartRadio as they talk about the Dodgers and the Brew Crew and uh, and uh, the Astros. Maybe that'll be a rematch. Or the Red Sox, it's going to be good no matter what. I really like this Final Four quite a bit. Uh, also, Fantasy Live, Game Theory and Money. All right. It's Matt Money-Smith, everybody. How are you? Oh, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. There you go. Okay. That's enough. He's sitting on He's sitting on a, a bed. He's not very rock and roll right now.
6: Yeah. I don't have a cool, like, uh, carefully placed series of books, uh, goldfish <laughs> bowl full of pool balls, a couple, uh, I don't know, football trophies. No, I welcome you into my bedroom. And I'll be honest, gentlemen, the reason I am not joining you in 66 today is because I have to do a live remote for the aforementioned Petros and Money Radio show down in Irvine, deep Irvine. So it'd be kind of tough to get down there in time from 66. And I am... I'm I'm actually I'm legitimately worried a little bit because I've really been putting it on thick all week on the Raider fans after their team was just god-awful against the Chargers on Sunday and like legitimately I've been getting some pretty awful tweets and texts through <laughs> Petros' phone that uh, that do have mild threats of violence involved. Mild. Um, th- yes, they are They are not at all intrigued or entertained by my snarky attitude. Well, why versus- don't you
3: throw them a bone? And it, w- when you talk about great radio calls in history, and money obviously is the voice of uh, the Chargers, that's one of the many other resume items I failed to mention there, maybe you could throw the Raiders fans a bone and play the holy roller for them. By Bill. Bill King, his call on that. Get your big butt out of here. He does. Not a bad idea. (laughs) And and,
6: and that's what we thought we were going to have. Well, not we didn't think we're going to have a holy roller, but I think a lot of Raider fans got excited. And look, there were a a butt ton of Raider fans at StubHub. Like there are a lot of opposing fans because it's such a great place to watch a game. And uh, they were extremely upset as well with the manner in which that game played out that they thought we were going to see a lot of points scored. So tough times. And I would say, yeah, hopes. I
3: would say, I would say one of the three worst performances by an NFL team we've seen thus far was the yeah. Raiders uh, last weekend. They were really, really crummy, yeah. dispiriting even. Hey, let's say hello to the other guy who or the guy who actually the took guy. the time to actually show up see the City. other guy. Here he is all the way from London, England. He's our resident Miami Dolphins fan. Soon he's going to join Matt Money Smith overseas back in his homeland to watch some uh, NFL football in, uh, where is it, in Wembley? Yes. In Wembley. Three
7: games in a row. This awesome. weekend, next weekend, and the weekend after. You did it, handsome Hank. Look Dave, at what you did. When there was... you go on your show, you do some other podcasts, I think, with um, with another guy named Dave. Yeah. And with Adam Carolla. Uh-huh. If At the beginning, if they said, oh, and look, here's the other guy, how would you feel? I didn't mean. I was saying, if we said hello to one. Now let's say hello
3: to so the, the other. To the other guy. I, I I think you. I, I, so
6: now I'm just a guy. You can take the chip off. If your he's truck. the other guy now. I'm just hey. Let's say hi to a guy. <laughs> a guy. <laughs> let's say hi to a guy. And here's another guy. Another you're
3: guy. Right. I was just it's trying to honor me. you. I was oh, just I about see. to say the lions of honor the people. lions of pro football. It looks right. like it looks something like Hallis, Rooney, Roselle, The other guys, (laughs) Hodgson, and the other guy, Hodgson. You made football. You made pro football
7: sing across the seven seas. You you completely saved the situation. Well done, Dave. Wasn't that good? Yep. I see. I I see. You have a you have a rundown. Yeah, I'm not going to do much. Can we throw this out? I want to spend today going deeper into the Smith House. I want to. I want to. I want to. I like that, but I I... want
3: to say first and foremost uh, that uh, we appreciate and uh, and welcome head and shoulders to the Dave Damashek football program. Maybe we'll
7: see some head and shoulders in the Smith bathroom. You would,
6: as a matter of fact, is that true? That's true. Let's go take pretty a look. It'd be good if he would show I us him I'd that. have to like, <laughs> pick up this entire computer and carry it with me. That's fine. Uh, That's fine. My apologies. That would be fancy. Uh, well, I think that it would, it would come unplugged, unfortunately. I,
3: I do yeah. want to yes. say, be, uh, thanks to Head & Shoulders, you will be seeing video action from Studio 66 and beyond. Um, for the remainder of the 2018 NFL season. So thanks to Head & Shoulders for that. And uh, show them your thanks by going to NFL.com slash DDFP. You can find our video show that comes out every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time and all the segments chopped up for you. And, of course, uh, we'll continue to do the two audio casts weekly, including this one. And uh, what should we jump into here? We have much to get to, fellas. Do you want to jump it? Do I dare jump into the red challenge flags? Early. Right on the what? Game? What do you think? Is that too I, much? Whoa! I love it. Shake it up, and then we can, and then we'll see what we
6: have on the back end, and then we'll do. I like this. Is, how, about this? How, about we,
7: how about we do a pick, and then we talk some knots. Okay. For a like bit, then we too. do another one. Here's what I like about show. it,
6: Dave. Here's mm-hmm. what I like about this: is in honor of the changing uh, landscape of pitching in Major League Baseball, where the Brewers have opted to go with an opener as opposed to a starter. Uh, thus far this season, they did it in that wild card in the uh, whatever game, the first game of their uh, their their uh, divisional series against the Rockies. You're kind of doing that right. Instead That's of right. a closer and a bullpen, right. you're just you're just bringing the opener to start the game.
3: That's right. That's right. And I, I, like, I like it. it. I, I philosophically like what the brew Crew's doing. And by the way, you know, if you don't have a rooting interest going into this final four in baseball, it's got to be the brewers. We do not might celebrate. Do we don't celebrate it nearly enough. Their name for beer, for people who make beer.
6: You know? And my team. The beer makers. It's just. Do you mind if I go and grab like a red sock real quick so I have something to throw at the screen? I'd like that. I'd like that. Okay, I don't know I'll be gonna right say back. Go, you're right going to
3: go get a beer, but that would be right better. I'll <laughs> do that, be too. All, All right, right there you go. I'll be right back. I'll There you go. Bye, money. Matt Money Smith is off. In the meantime, Eddie Spaghetti's back there behind the glass getting ready for some college football talk, and he's also wearing his throwback Eli jersey. This is in front of the Eagles. Throw up Eli jersey more. Ah, stinker. Hey, uh, this is in front of, if you're listening on Friday or Saturday, we don't know the outcome of the Eagles. I have a good idea what's going to happen. What do you think, handsome? Go ahead and pick See, it for us. Give, give us a little treat um, here. You'll look silly if, uh, if you're
7: wrong. I think the Giants are going to win. Do you? Uh, yeah,
8: uh, Hank told me that yesterday when we spoke a bit. I, I, I'm with him. I think the Giants win tonight at home, getting back Olivier Vernon. Uh, I'm fairly confident. I mean, it's the biggest game of their season. They win. They have a shot at the, the division. If they lose, then I'm, I'm on to draft time. So... Uh, it's a big night. That division is suddenly not very good <laughs> overall. It's pretty sad, in fact. But uh, anyway, so,
3: yeah, we'll see what happens with that one. All right. Money now has his red T-shirt and ready to roll. I you know Hold what?
6: On, can I cue can I up something here since we're all over the place? May. Having just caught the back end of Eddie's speech there. <clears throat> October 9th. <laughs> if I'm going to continue watching professional sports in 2018, it's all up to the Giants this Thursday night.
3: <laughs> Eddie Spaghetti, the quintessential New York sports fan. Yeah, he's 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 feeling his uh, he's in his feelings right now is what they say.
8: It's a tough time. I mean, the Yankees. Has uh, there
3: ever been in history in the history of what was a laughable um, example of a so-called rivalry for 100 years? The Yankees always dominated the Red Sox. And then they then they come back and rally from oh three 3 down to the Red Sox and turn it into something that uh, that does resemble a rivalry. The Red Sox made quick hash of your Yankees. They they shamed
8: them. I mean, yeah, when uh, one game it was it breeze. Yeah, I mean, it was two a breeze. Th- they walked over them. Two of the games they lost. They got to an early hole. They clawed back. No, I know, uh, but, the, but but they whipped you. They destroyed the Yankees. That's not how I see it. I do agree <laughs> they were the playoff <laughs> loss. Well, that's they're the, they're what happened. They, the oh, uh, they were the better team. Oh, they were. Yeah, I know they were the better team. I'm, why they the, I'm, I'm. just more disappointed in the Yankees. Oh, than stop it, The Red Sox. I'm not
6: upset. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm just disappointed.
7: If
6: not to get too far down this rabbit hole, but I do want to point out, and I like Ron Darling as a broadcaster. Uh, his whole speech about unwritten rules uh, getting put to bed by the Red Sox, like, huh, you know, I, apparently the book doesn't exist for the Red Sox. How's this guy stealing second uh, when they're up 10 to 1? Can you believe this Red Sox team swinging at a pitch when they're up 15 to 1 on a 3-0 and count? Yes, Yes, we can, because it's the Yankees and the Red Sox, and they should do anything and everything to humiliate their opponent because we hear about this rivalry so much. So there are no unwritten rules in this game.
3: Amen. And by the way, in a larger sense, this thing about the unwritten rules of baseball, then you wonder why. Why isn't baseball catching on with the millennials? That jazz. Come on, squares, lighten up. It's okay to flip the bat and have joy playing your sport. All right, let's get to it now. Let's talk week six NFL action and pick the five biggest games red challenge flag style. Red Red challenge
4: flag flag picks!
3: picks. Ooh, no delay from the OC with money there. Ooh, I was worried about that. No, not at all. All right, let's start off with... The biggest one to me, of course. Uh, anybody who's paying attention to the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals are riding high. They look different than they have over the last few years because can you recall? Can you imagine Andy Dalton and company pulling off a rally the way they did at home against the Miami Dolphins? I'm sorry, handsome. I don't I'm not mean talking
7: to, about it. Let's I just, I just want to say say a rally at that's, home.
3: That's the kind of thing that's kind of narrative that you hear NFL head coaches latch onto and ride for the next couple yes. months. This team's different. They never quit. That kind of thing. They are always in, they you always know. You got it
7: know. down. You got it down. That's right? exactly what they say. That is kind and of how the, they say it. No, you're right. You're right. exactly right.
3: Basically, and so No I think quit the, in us. I think the Bengals probably are feeling awfully good. No one can come in here and beat us now. They mm-hmm. just rallied from seventeen down
7: against a halfway decent Dolphins team. The flip of that is that the team that gets beaten in that way never feels good about itself again. Yeah, that's right. That is right. Yeah. That's a preview of my net, of my pick. All right. All right we'll we'll get to one. we'll
3: get to that one in just all a right, minute. Sorry. But I'm going to go to money here to start this one off here. Pittsburgh Steelers, they're also feeling okay after a nice victory at home against the depleted Falcons defense. Steelers. Bengals. Mm. choose...
6: I think I'm going to go Steelers.
3: Oh, whoa, I missed. How'd I miss
7: the giant screen?
3: We (laughs) both threw it
7: for the Bengals. Handsome, you explain it. Well, partly because I saw that last week, and that's a team that just has no quit in them. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But also, I mean, mainly, um, if you look at their on defense, if you look at the Bengals front seven, Mm -hmm. what I saw from that game was how they can get, they're very stout against the run, which, you know, that's going to work against the Steelers, I think, to some extent, but also how they can get pressure from so many different places on defense. Uh, when going into the Dolphins game, my big hope and thought was those three linebackers are not very fast, and you know maybe there'd be ways for the Dolphins to get their very speedy, very small receivers matched up on those guys, and it just never really worked because the pocket, even even on the sort of the Dolphins short passing game the pocket was collapsing the whole time definitely speaks a lot to the Dolphins offensive line which was struggling uh, on an ongoing basis but I just I feel like the the Bengals are going to be able to bring pressure on Roethlisberger throughout the game
3: well and they also happen to have two really good corners there Cincinnati as well and all those weapons now surrounding uh, Andy at the trigger there money why are you taking the Steelers here
6: Uh, No statistical reason at all, really. I just think, you know, we talked about this last week and I believe you and I both took the Falcons to win that game and said, hey, this is the get right game. You know, one of these two Mm -hmm. teams is going to walk out of Heinz Field feeling pretty crappy about themselves and the other one probably pretty good because those are two good teams that have just had bad starts. Um, So I'm just going to play the game that no football player, coach suggests exists, and that's momentum. That maybe they found something that James Conner rediscovered kind of some confidence after being pointed to as, with this guy, you can't win anything. You got to wait till Lev Bell sorts this thing out and get back for the Steelers to be right. But, you know, he is one of, I think, four guys, along with uh, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, and I think it's Saquon Barkley that have 300 yards rushing, 200 yards receiving. You can lean on that to try to slow that pass rush down. And I just I I do believe in momentum and I do believe that carries over and maybe the Steelers feel a lot better about themselves after last week, even though that Atlanta defense is nowhere near the caliber, like you mentioned, Hank, of what that front seven of of Cincinnati presents.
3: Agree. And you talk about uh, you project forward how the Steelers are going to feel, whether they're if they are two, three and one. Then uh, you know that they're kind of limping into the bye, but then there's 26 on the other side. But if they win this game and they make it basically a um, you know a half game lead for Cincy and then they go into the bye, and 26 is now in the building. And when we emerge from this buy, now we have the game's best running back plus James Conner, and maybe we'll show pro football a little bit of 1976-style action and go two-back set like they did with Rocky Blyer and Franco Harris back in the day. Yeah. Maybe they'll throw both those guys on the field, which is crazy to think about doing something like that. And I wonder why more pro football teams don't do that, put two nice running backs uh, behind the QB. But anywho... Um, I do think Cincy in that spot. They're feeling awfully good. I you don't do sound like
7: a that. guy who just picked against that team. You just I told you just rode a wave of excitement. No, I didn't. I <laughs> just told what would you, happen. When I they just win this game, about, but they're not going to win it. I I did the same
3: thing a week ago, didn't I? But I told you that the punchers' chance that the Steelers have without Levy and Bell. is is one of the best quarterbacks of the Super Bowl era, and he wasn't good in the first half. He was off the mark, sailing it. He attributes it to a bum right elbow. That's causing him to drop his elbow a little bit and throw high, but in the second half, we saw how dynamite he can be and what he can do to cover up deficiencies elsewhere on the field. If he can play that kind of way, Ben Roethlisberger, then the Steelers will win that game, but I think it's going to be
7: the Bengals.
8: What? So, in honor of Drew Brees,
7: yeah. Drew
2: Brees breaking the uh, <laughs> passing record on Monday night. Yeah. And he got a certificate in the middle of the game in the honor of that. Today we're going to give out certificates. And David, you just won one for longest self-serving tangent for Woo! the Ben Roth.
7: Okay. Nice. Right.
4: Right. Congratulations! Let's for start
7: the show and maybe you can kiss your family. <laughs> That's
3: really nice. Longest self-serving tangent. That's not the first one Dave, I've could won you take your shoes field. off.
7: They're going to the Hall of Fame.
3: <laughs> take my ma- take my mouth off. Um, all right, that's uh, thank you very much for that. That's That's uh, really you got good. It. That's quite an honor yeah. here. Uh, it's amazing right.
7: that they knew that might be happening today that they knew that they, that they was were ready a to print one up saying longest self-serving tangent, like it might, would be something that you don't normally do. Um, all right. You know what?
3: Let's mix and match like Handsome has uh, has asked that we do here. Let's hear now. We love uh, Kent Brown. He's back in the fold here at NFL Media. Okay, here we go. We love even more, though, Kent Brown's mom leaving her TV and movie reviews on his phone, un, you know, unsolicited. She just calls him up, and uh, and we benefit from them. First up... Her review of the new NBC show Manifest.
4: Yeah, Kent, you said you probably wouldn't answer. You're watching wrestling. I don't know, but that show, yeah, like these people, things are going on with them, and everything they're doing is like some lady was killed and her necklace was stolen. Well, this one girl that was on the plane, she found out who it was. It's like so they're actually working for the good, I guess. Okay, I'm going. I'm going to watch the news and I'm going to bed. All right, good night. <laughs> a, just lady a got, tiny
6: little nugget. Here's a tiny little nugget of the plot just to <laughs> wet so your good. palate in case you were thinking about watching Man of the one lady, you and your, The one lady you got killed. I mean, like it. it
3: you're, you're watching wrestling or whatever. Anyhow.
7: Oh. I would like it if, Kent, if if one network had for just one like fall season, all the new shows, Kent Brown's mother would be the person announcing them on TV. <laughs> <laughs> this week on This Week I Manifest, the one girl gets a that's a that's a great assignment. Murdered. Was, yeah.
3: Let's replace, yes, the NBC VO guy coming up on Thursday on Chicago Heat or whatever. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I love it. All right, uh, let's move on now. You mentioned it a second ago there, Handsome. Your Dolphins back home hosting the Chicago Bears. A renewal of uh, the, the classic game played down there on, what was it, December 2nd, 1985, I believe. It was. Dan and Marino I- played host to the undefeated Chicago bears is a bad host 1972 dolphins all on hand. They didn't want another team to go undefeated. And, uh, and Dan Marino saw to it that the bears did not apparently owed in part to the bears after the fact saying, well, we went on a twister the night before we weren't right. You know, some of us weren't feeling very well mm. for that game. Whatever happened, happened handsome to the here and now. Bears, playing very well, by the way. Last time we saw Mitchell Trubisky threw five touchdown passes in 30 minutes against an NFL team and then threw another one at the start of the second half at the Dolphins.
7: Choose. My preference would be for Fox, I guess, or CBS to just show that game again because the Dolphins will not be winning on Sunday. Oh, handsome. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't Money's have, a, not I don't have throw good it? feelings about nah. that team right now after what I've seen over the last 2 weeks. I'm tempted nah. to take the Dolphins and
3: I really came very close to doing that and now I'm going to switch it to the Bears. Did I in fact tell you initially Dolphins MOVP?
8: I believe so, but you can go with your gut here.
3: I'm going to change it here. I'm going to mm. change it. Money explain. Why do you think the Bears?
6: Just bad matchup for the you know, the Dolphins we we sat and we listened to Henry Wax poetic about this Dolphins team and the unheralded stars that would carry this squad perhaps to a title in the AFC East. And uh, guess what? We were all Dolphooned again, ago, We were all Dolphooned again. Yeah. Reality comes crashing <laughs> down. <laughs> they uh, they don't look good. The, this team does not look like a, a squad that has any chance of challenging the Patriots in the uh, in the conference. I think you mentioned you know what what happens to a team last week that has that 17 nothing lead and then watches two touchdowns get scored in seven seconds. Well, it's the same team that got absolutely humiliated when there was a, a bit of a rivalry built up going into that contest in New England, and they were run off the field. And look, it's, they're bad on third down. The Bears are fantastic on third down. Ryan Tannehill is not good under pressure. The Bears have the best pressure in the front seven in the NFL. It just looks like a bad matchup for them. Yep
3: if you believe in copycats and uh, second iterations of, of the original and being just a slightly paler version of that original, then it would seem to make sense that Matt Nagy coming out as a head coach of his first buy, where did he come from? From uh, from the knee of Andy Reid. What's Andy Reid's hallmark is coming out of the buy. He always has something cooked up and always tends to, to devastate his first foe coming out of a buy. So based on that logic, I too will take the Bears the other more practical thing I'll point to is beware of Roquan Smith it's not just Khalil Mack and it's not just I mean it's not one guy in particular Akeem Hicks and I I, I that whole Bears defense is for real and that's the guy that Roquan Smith is the kid that they take out of Georgia that really was not prominent at the very start of the season you'll recall he got to camp very late in the day but as he comes on the Bears are legit I I I, You know, or back rule. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong, and I think I was wrong about the Bears. I, I think they're going to kind of be in the mix for the remainder of 2018. I thought their rise would truly come a year from now.
7: Yeah, and then, I mean, the other bit is obviously their defense is incredibly strong, and the Dolphins right now, three of the five starting offensive linemen they would have liked to be playing um, at some point this season are now out, and, and it looks like Laramie Tunsell, who's been the best of them probably – Probably the best offensive player this season could be out as well. Cam Wake could be missing from the defense for a second week in a row. I just don't see a way that they that they win this game.
3: Not very good, but uh, what Not is very good. What is very good? I don't know if the show. I while well, I hear the movie A Star Is Born, the remake is very good, but I won't I know for so sure I get a review. until Kent Brown's mom weighs Ooh.
7: in on it.
4: Hey, Kent, I just walked in the door. It's 6 p.m. Tuesday. It's only 3 o'clock your time. I know you're at work. Best movie I've seen in a long time. And I think it's going to be Oscar-bound. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Honest to God, they both did such a good job. Oh, my God. What a good movie. But I remember the original when it was out. It was... Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand. This was really good. This was an excellent movie. You'll like it if you see
7: it. All right, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> do you think her? Do you think her uh, mood was changed by going also to the three twenty p.m. Um, showing of it? She was home by six thirty. Six p.m. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
3: I like I like the uh, asterisk there. It was like you'll like it, but the asterisk is if you see
6: it. Yes, if you see it yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: I can't yeah. promise you'll like it yeah. because you if gotta you don't see, it, see first. it,
7: there's no guarantee. I
3: also like uh, oh oh my god, that's that is such quintessential Pittsburgh. Oh right? my god, oh my god, I remember it. But uh, again, just like in the manifest description, there, uh, money. Yeah, she, she 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 dangles the carrot. I remember the original with Streisand and and but then that's the end of it. Just like uh, just just you know, I, <laughs> right I, now I now I'm intrigued. Mama Brown. teaching
6: her son a little something about history, right? And by it's the true. way, this isn't some newfangled flick, all right? There was an original, and it won Oscars too, and it was Babs, and it was Christofferson. So how about you brush up on your history, son of mine?
3: And also, I I'm pretty you're sure you're probably watching I,
7: I, wrestling right now.
3: Judy Garland. <laughs> exactly right. uh, Judy wrestling. Garland did a Star Is Born before that. I don't know who uh, was opposite of her in that one. Um, Charlie Chaplin. That's it. Um, let's move on to pro football. A lot of good historical. Um, Game, you know, rematches here. Mm. The Ravens and Titans. You'll recall in the year 2000, if you're of a certain age. Yes. The excuse me. The Titans were the uh, the best team in the NFL. Uh, probably, with Steve McNair. Eddie uh, George. Yeah, the dynamite team. The Ravens were very good defensively. This was the year, of course, that they go on to win the Super Bowl. But they start the year with Tony Banks, and they couldn't get it right. And they went, uh, well, how long did they go, Money? Was it like six weeks they didn't score an offensive touchdown? It was something. Sounds right. It's it, it, was, it was insane. something like that, yeah. But again, because they win the Super Bowl, it obscures that. But that is a crazy run for uh, even the most putrid of pro football teams. They went five or six weeks without scoring an offensive touchdown really quite a thing anyhow that game uh in uh, in tennessee in january i recall steve mcnair dumped it in the flat to eddie george and it bounced off his shoulder pad and right into ray lewis's, ray lewis's hands, hands and he ran it for a touchdown yep. and they went on to glory there were a
7: handful of like big collisions between eddie george and ray lewis in that game yeah well, and they, maybe uh, it just,
3: it's they've all fused together it was the final days of the gigantic, the gigantic overpad, shoulder, pads. Uh, yep. uh, shoulder pads and everything yep. so all right to the here and now matt money smith Ravens playing well in spite of the loss uh, in Cleveland. They really should have won that game. Michael Crabtree dropped a touchdown in the waning seconds of regulation there. Ravens, Titans, choose.
6: I'm going to take the Ravens.
3: Oh, that's the right thing to do. Right. We're all All off the Titans bandwagon after one, one bad showing, right?
7: Yeah, I mean, I was never – I'm not going to claim to have been on it. A lot of people were getting jazzed, and I do like the not, defensive i not a lot pieces. of people, Dave, Dave. I'm not the other guy. Yes, I'm, I'm I'm my own man. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are, Hanson. Yeah, yes, you Dave. are. Do you have they any? are a very
6: vocal uh, fan base, by the way, via Twitter. They really want their due, and it's like, hey, your team's not that good. Yeah, your team's Sorry. not that good. It's your quarterback's
7: uh, not that good. You haven't yeah. really got much of a, an identity – I've started to identify, and I've had this conversation
3: with uh, Lindsay Rhodes and several other people around here, of where do they, do they feel that the most fan Twitter heat comes from? My, I think that in, in, instead of it just being one team, I think it's the up-and-coming teams. That, You're not talking enough about us. Where's our, where's our affection? Stop talking about the Cowboys all the time kind of tweets. Right. And, and I think it also has something to do with the Southeast region. I think there's some you know some sec kind of chip on the shoulder stuff and when their team starts out well then they latch onto it and they're excited about it as long as that team is playing well in the nfl so where do you think it is what's your i'm kind of with money that it's it, it whatever it it was the falcons a couple of years ago it's the titans now it's you know it's, it's the jacksonville fans Are like that. Where's our respect? When are you going to talk about us some more? And Seattle fans are the Seattle were that they were the precursor to that a decade or, you know, eight
7: years or so ago.
3: Yep. Um, Money, any insights you wish to provide for us on Flacco trying to bounce back? Reminder, he's at his best in the postseason and in Heinz Field. Otherwise, he's generally pretty mortal.
6: I think, you know, it's important to remember that Cleveland defense is pretty darn good. Yeah, um, I mean, they lead the, the league in takeaways. You have, you know, what looks to be the right choice for them um, as I'm kind of prepping for the Charger game this week and, and putting together my boards. I'm going to pull up just a couple of the notes that I that I wrote down. But you've got it, it looks like Denzel Ward was maybe the right choice. I, I mean, guess he's so. The huh? corner in the league, he leads the league in interceptions right now with three last week against Baltimore. Five tackles, a pick, three passes defense, and he blocked the field goal. Um, So that speaks, even though he is diminutive, to the impact he can have in a game. The big deal, too, is remember, it's not you don't draft Bradley Chubb in a vacuum. Miles Garrett is in the conversation as the most dominant pass rusher in the NFL this season. And this Larry Ogunjobi is something, man. I mean, he when he's getting single coverage on that line, he's blowing through and, and providing that other bit of pass rush. Uh, for the Browns, so you know, Flacco. It's not like he was having a bad game. He was just playing against a really good defense. Um, so I expect him. I'm not saying the Titans' defense is is bad. They're not. They're really good, but. I think you could see Flacco having an okay game and the Baltimore defense just overwhelming yep. what is a pretty bad Titans offense.
3: Yeah, and coming off a 12-9 overtime game, I would be surprised if uh, if the score... And, and uh, what was the score for Tennessee? 13-12? It was, that was a long one Yeah, 13-12, one as well. I think. I'd, I'd be... Uh, it's hard to conjure a path to... Right. 35 total points in this game, but, uh, but either way, yes, I think the Ravens will survive this one. All right. Let's, uh, let's uh, wrap it up here with the red challenge flag picks at least shall we with the Jaguars going down to Dallas to play the Cowboys in a weird NFC East you know, who knows if the cow, I you know, the buzz, though, uh, against Jason Garrett is really gaining some steam here. And he would do well to right the ship here. This is not a good team to go up against at home, because if that defense comes in there, as we've talked about in other, um, in other stadiums, the home field advantage becomes a disadvantage if the Jags start smothering your offense and the boo birds start coming out. Jason Garrett will take the brunt of that. It'll feel bad as they run into the locker room if it's Jags 13-3 or something. Something like that at the half um jaguars cowboys handsome choose i'm going to
7: take the jaguars
3: all right nobody's going to take the cowboys i am waste my time with this red sure yeah, yeah. yes. explain on, have handsome.
7: we not, we haven't thrown any red uh flags at all today i threw one I oh, I threw we did at, earlier they threw one yeah. yeah, yeah, for we the steelers the yeah.
3: yeah i, I picked yeah. the uh, bungles in that one
7: yep um go ahead handsome why do you like the uh, the jags here it's fairly obvious why I but. mean their the defense is incredibly good uh i think i you know i'm excited to see if jamal charles gets to play um on sunday they obviously they've got issues in the running game they signed jamal charles yesterday uh, I think it would be fun to see him get out on the field because that's the one area they're probably lacking, especially given that you don't know if you're getting good Blake Bortles or terrible Blake Bortles on a week-to-week basis. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I mean, what it comes down to more is just the Cowboys haven't managed to get really anything going. They, they're they depressing to watch.
3: Money, do you think uh, Jason Garrett, uh, it's, it's a fait complete, Or is the NFC East uh, mediocre enough that he can I mean, actually rally here? And yeah, if you be- rally
6: and win, he'll stay. I don't think they'll fire him midseason. No. That doesn't really seem like something that Jerry would do. Um, but, yeah, the, the NFC East has been bad. I assume Philly's going to get right this week uh, on Thursday. Sorry, Eddie. Sorry that you'll have to... I table your sports interest <laughs> until the draft, as you mentioned <laughs> early in the show. But um, I, I think the Eagles will get right. They'll pull away. And yeah, I would assume this is it for Jason Garrett. What's he got? Two playoff appearances. I mean, since, and nothing substantial in the postseason. So yeah, that seems right. Like we talked about last week,
3: you know, it, you know, for all the consternation for the last decade 15 years about you got to find the QB you see Christian Ponder and uh, Blaine Gabbard and uh, Jamarcus Russell and NFL uh, littered with uh, with those sorts of names by people having to have that QB that's what you need to have and all of a sudden it feels like just about everybody now has a halfway decent QB there are, there are very few situations that you point to in the NFL and say boy oh boy are they garbage at the quarterback. Um, but now it's about who the offensive innovator is, the risk taker. And Sean McVay, I mean, I, I, you couldn't see it in sharper relief than you saw it in one day there. Sean McVay talked into yep. it by his players. we got to go for it here. And then you're the Dallas Cowboys head coach and you have Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott. You can't run a little RPO there. time, There's these, You don't have anything cooked up in that yeah. spot to run behind uh, Tyron Smith. You don't have anything that you feel confident enough to run against the Texans in that spot. You can't tie the game, Jason right. Garrett. That's not going to be good. If you tie this game, you should be going for the win there. I thought that was uh, that was a shame. And that's what
6: he played for. He played for the tie. He was playing for
7: the tie. I, well,
3: I no, really I, our defense do, might hold him, and it. then they'd have to punt it back to us. That, no.
6: That, the answer to that is no.
3: The odds are you much worse that that's going to happen, right. Jason Garrett, than you just going yeah. for it on fourth and one and giving it to, your, <laughs> to, to the guy you decided to take over Jalen Ramsey a couple of years ago. You did it for a reason. You don't use Zeke Elliott there. Weird move. Also, before we uh, jump on to Willie McGinnis' stuff, I want to hear Matt Money Smith and (laughs) Hanson. Uh oh.
2: All right. Next up in our Drew Brees Day of Certificate. All right. (laughs) This one is for Matt Money Smith, the achievement for deepest voice. Oh, whoa!
6: Congrats, Money. Good stuff out there, Money. Oh, here we go. Hold on. Hold on. Look at that. Take a picture there. uh, uh, Can you move it a little bit there in the middle? (laughs) I'm gonna try to kind of get. Oh, there it is.
7: There we go. He got it. Ah, oh, perfect.
6: Wow. All right. That's I exciting. Feel like Todd Congratulations. that digital Carl's Jr. burger in the local <laughs> <laughs> <here> in
3: <town. laughs> uh, money. I just, just quick thoughts on this. Um, what do you think about though? My content. Well, Marie said it first on Monday night after Drew Brees gets the all-time record. First of all. Numbers do not equal who the greatest is in pro football. And then probably uh, I, I can go through the other sports and prove that as well. But, you know, see him at Smith syndrome. He's not the greatest running back just because he has the all-time record. And Drew Brees is one of the all-time greats, but it, he's not suddenly now the greatest quarterback we've ever seen because he's the all-time passing leader. And I say... That when you start getting down to when you're when you're really in the thin air, high up there on the football mountain, and you're trying to divine who was better between Marino, Breeze, Rogers, Brady, and Montana, and that group, then the ring count does matter. How can the ring count not matter, Matt Money Smith? Your thoughts?
6: Uh, I disagree, respectfully disagree. I think I think the I think the Emmett Smith comparison is is apples to oranges because yeah. the issue with Emmett Smith is that he played with the triplets that he played behind an offensive line that was arguably the greatest unit in the history of the NFL and was blowing holes open where he got five yards per carry before he ever got touched once. One of the things going for Breeze is he's not playing with any other Hall of Famers. His offensive lines have been average at best. His receivers, for the most part, save Michael Thomas, have been average or below average. He's never had, he had a dominant tight end for a minute and the second that guy left him, he disappeared as a dominant tight end. He's played on teams with In certain seasons, the worst, not one of the worst, the worst defense in the NFL. And he was still winning division titles. So I think ring count does not come into play with Breeze because he was so good. He was able to elevate rosters to great success despite, A, the lack of talent, and B, the lack of any semblance of a defense opposite him. Because he can't play both ways, he can only play the position he plays. I don't think he'd be good
7: if he did either. Money.
6: I'm not sure where you. No, probably would I'm not sure Uh, where you'd put him on. Maybe nickelback. You'd have to hide him. Get out there. Yeah, probably have to hide him. Yeah. But um, I I think it does come into play. I don't think it's fair to put the rings on him just because of of what the hands that he was dealt year in and year out, defensively, and again with talent around him.
3: Here's the thing that I'll say to you, handsome, as well, because right. I saw your tweet on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and and you you threw some snark my way. Okay, tell me what way. you think
7: the tweet said, because what you told me. Uh, well, apparently,
3: uh, according to Dave and to Maurice, Dan Marino wasn't quite good enough. Never mind that uh, that head coach Don Schuler didn't surround him with the proper amount of talent so he could get over the hump.
7: Something right. to that effect. Yeah, I actually, that was closer. To and that. then a lot I of, a lot of, a lot of my your minions. Earlier, my minions, my okay. minions. Yeah, your the handsome other guys devils. That I have the handsome yep. devils.
3: Your, your yep. fan club. Yep. Everybody jumped in and said, uh, "Oh, so Dan Marino's uh, not as good as Trent Dilfer?"
7: Of course. Well, I, did, that, I course didn't? I didn't, I didn't ask them to a, say that. That's not the point that I was making. But I, I actually, what Money just said about Drew Brees could equally be carried over to Marino. Marino, all right. played with. Not just no, I mean uh, breezes had better defenses than Marino ever had in in Miami I mean the Schuler just squandered draft picks on people who are the most forgettable names uh, uh, outside of the fact that one of them's the father of a very good charges player now, but there were but you know every time there'd be defensive players that did less than nothing, running backs that in the the, the likes of Sammy Smith and Troy Stradford and all these people who, who could not get in the backfield at at all and couldn't do anything. And Marina was, was holding that team together and in the same way was still able to, to win divisions throughout at least a part of his career. Um, and made it look right. incredibly well, good it, at the same it, time. It's the same boat that John Elway was in. It's, uh, like you
3: say, Drew Brees is fine. Aaron Rodgers has been on plenty of those teams over the course of his career.
7: Can't say like that. That's they, some... They've had more talent around them. No. All of those people no. you just mentioned. Have been... No, John but... Elway had a Hall of Fame running back in a, and good defenses. Yeah, the, in the twilight that of his him. career, the, as, that
6: I, as I've said to you, right.
3: now I have to say for the th- thousandth and one time now, a thousandth and first time to you, Handsome, since apparently the first thousand wasn't oh, good boy. enough. John okay. Elway's greatest deed was taking those 80s Broncos to the Super Bowl, even though he got whipped once he got there, not winning the two. Those the defenses
7: what? were not terrible that he had during the 80s. The Orange They, crush defense, they yeah. were not terrible defenses, Dave. That's a different thing.
6: Uh, the, the, the the one issue I had that Maurice I think really got hot, and I think this is the best way that I can try to frame my Drew Brees position. I think he's better than Peyton Manning. I, I think you you take that second Super Bowl ring for Peyton, it's not his. Right. That is absolutely not his Super Fair. Bowl ring. Um, he was bad that season. He was average in the playoffs at best, and the Broncos defense won him his second ring. Uh, the numbers are comparable, right? They're just eye-popping numbers. And Peyton got the play with Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and just a better complement of weapons around him. Yep. So I, I I'd i be surprised
3: if Maurice pushed back at that. I'm with did. you on that. I think Drew Brees ahead of Peyton. I would yeah. definitely Mar- say that.
7: Maurice said that, um, that uh, Peyton changed the game, changed the way it was played.
3: It's an, I mean, it's an interesting It's, fair. it's a fair it's an point. Interesting the, the point, giving
6: the, uh, the quarterback the last, absolute keys to the offense. Yeah.
7: Last, last
3: uh, question on this uh, as I attempt to, you know, try to ingratiate myself a little bit back into the Saints fans' uh, um, affection. Ha- uh, Money. Drew, I, well, I know what you're going to say. I can't even believe I would even bother with this. But now I've started. Okay. Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger? For one game, all the marbles one game. You don't know what the weather's going to be though.
6: You don't know what the weather <laughs> Where is. Where are we
7: playing the game? Yeah, is I can't it, is say. it in
6: Heinz Field. That's what's funny both of these guys, right? right. Kind of have their issues. Bens yep. bad on the road, Drew is not good outside. So I for think it'll right?
3: For one game, I, I I really do question
7: are are people really going to take Drew Brees? which 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 breeze yeah. right now is better than Ben right now. Yes, I would agree so with are that. So we taking Absolutely. in their prime or today? I mean, as far as you're not I can, telling us anything, the best eight game
3: stretch Roethlisberger's ever had, or at least among them, was was uh, about 10 months ago. So it wasn't like it his, his
7: prime or whatever. As you, as you whatever. say, as you've said a thousand times, Dave, and I'm going to have to tell you a thousand and one times, quarterbacks go down quick. Yeah.
6: And by the way, let's not forget what happened to your quarterback in the playoffs last year. He got absolutely housed. Yeah. No, Brees. he didn't. He, he was dynamite.
3: Who? Roethlisberger? Yeah. He was terrific. By the Jacks, he was by the jags by the jags he you was see that game i think you ben Roethlisberger. he yes. threw a bad pick early and then Dang. from that and point forward was dynamite what i mean he certainly came back what are you talking about they went down 21 nothing then he led a furious rally
6: and they lost.
3: Well, they came up short. I mean, I didn't. Drew say Brees
6: that. had his team in a position to advance to the NFC Championship until one of his defensive backs, for whatever reason, completely whiffed on a miracle of a, uh, a hail mary throw that led to their demise. And I think we would, I think we would agree that the Saints that have given the uh, would have given them Eagles with Nick Foles a little bit of the business. Yeah. Compared game, to what the got. Vikings and exactly. Case Keenum were able to yeah. do.
3: That's an interesting one. I might have to do an NFL on that one. All go. right. Matt Money Smith. Before I was just going to say, I don't want to let you go until we know if there are any more awards to be told. Yeah, we got out.
8: one last award and then in Drew Brees. All Day right, of uh, certificates. Oh, this one, going this going one is for Handsome. Oh, All okay. right.
3: I was worried oh. Handsome
8: might
2: not get something Yep, here. It is for the most intelligent point among an overwhelming amount of pure rambling and coher- incoherence. Thank and that you, that was very much. for your Thank point you about, about quarterbacks go, going eh? down
7: fast. That means a lot to go. me. That was, a, that was the point? Yep. We got you there, Dave. I love this. That was good. I
3: like, I, I, I'm happy for Handsome.
6: I do want to point out... Um, In watching the delivery of those certificates, I am I am very happy to see that uh, Kyle Laletta is going to be the quarterback for the Giants on Thursday night because Eli (laughs) Manning has acquired a new uh, job in delivering certificates (laughs) (laughs) because I couldn't see the head. I could only see his back there, but I see he's wearing his jersey. So that's a good hire. That's a good hire by the DDFP to get Eli. Before we bid you
3: this. a good day, money and uh, and safe travels abroad. Uh, do you have one more Spaghetti tweet you'd like to read for us? I
6: got to scroll down, and uh, here we go. Ready? <clears throat> Horrific call! Damn it! That wasn't a first down. <laughs>
9: <laughs> what
8: are you so upset about, Spaghetti? The the, the pan. I don't want to I dude. know we're on an NFL podcast here, but the referees are not great in that game. Uh, no no one can make fun careful. of that. They're Mike already,
7: Tomlin just got fined for this. Game, I know. So just be careful. But the yeah, NFL did apo- the
8: NFL did apologize to the Giants. Kimberly Jones reported two days ago they huh. called the Giants and apologized for a few of the calls they had. I don't know about um, the other so.
3: ones, but that was crazy because Christian McCaffrey, as you're watching it, wait, Cam, are they not gonna? Is nobody gonna get in the way here? That was crazy because you yeah. could see in the replay, McCaffrey never gets that ball close no, to sure. the yellow line there.
8: And they would have had to kick the field goal under duress with what? the clock couldn't be stopped. It,
3: I know, but what if it had been the other way? That would right. have been what's interesting. Well, Cam, you spiked it. The game's over, man. You should have waited. Well, well, you didn't. Nobody blew that. He had to have. Cam had to have seen from an official a first-down symbol. He wouldn't have just spiked that ball there, right? I don't Maybe,
6: know. but I don't
7: know. I hear you, Spaghetti. That's Best why you get that tweet.
6: <laughs> That's why you got to follow at Edward L. Murphy. All That's right. Hey, Dave, before on, we let Thursday mo- night during that game.
7: Before we let money go, I just want to report to Emma because she's sort of in charge here, um, a theft. Oh. Um, it, it appears that Money has stolen some headphones from the oh um, my gosh. podcast studio. It does look they,
6: do right. look they do
7: look a lot like, like Money. Yeah. You do have like a green sticker like our ones have on there yeah, as They have well, a tag so. on them and
2: everything. Um, and huh. I don't know but if you, you want to do any you investigations. Grow up, uh, you grow
6: up on the streets on the south side of Chicago. You figure out how to keister a couple of things on your <laughs> way of 66.
3: It seems unnecessary that you keistered them out of here. All right. Right. But all right. Got well, it. You did that's, what you did. Uh, what you <laughs> <laughs> uh, have a good time, Money. Uh, your chargers. By the way. By the way, just one more thing: the Chargers are the team that nobody, and maybe likes to say that two weeks after the fact when people start talking about them, like the Bengals. No one's talking right. about the Bengals. Yeah, plenty of people are talking about the Bengals. No one's talking about the Chargers right now. That's the team that once they get Bosa back, as money keeps pointing out, they're going to be scary. And the other team that I said in the preseason that if they, you know, now they're they they're two wins. The Detroit Lions are pretty impressive wins. The teams that they've taken down. The Lions have a chance. They beat the Patriots. Remember? Yeah. And, they, and then they just they beat the, beat the Packers. Packers. Those are two good wins for yeah. them. I don't Maybe they're the putting it together.
7: I, I mean, that's not. I'm just pointing out you to you the, the two others. teams
3: that nobody's talking about that are halfway right. decent. They may be relevant come uh, late December and beyond. All right. Thank you, Money. And now uh, we'll talk to you soon, fella. We appreciate the time okay. as always. And now, um, Handsome, as a matter of fact, why don't uh, you, you beat it as well? The other guy. You can stay here and listen if you want to hang out with uh, right. Spaghetti while they do the college football no. stuff. Okay, All right, see you guys. All right, take see care. Money. There goes Matt Money-Smith, and here comes our pal number 55 from the Cleveland Browns and also the New England Patriots to break down Chiefs and uh, and the Patriots. It's Willie McGinnis. <laughs>
6: that's Dave Damoshek hi
3: and hello to Willie McGinnis, number 55. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns legend also toiled for the New England Patriots <laughs> and for USC. And he was just honored with about as great an honor this side of a gold jacket as, uh, as a football player can get. A football life about you. Did, did the whole family gather around and watch with you?
5: Yeah, the family was there Well, my mom and dad and sisters wasn't, but my family, immediate family, my wife and daughters were there. Um, it was a great time. I I viewed it with with the public, with everybody else, as it premiered, um, all I had to go on was the clips and the sound bites and the different things everybody else was saying. So I thought NFL Films did an amazing job, with, along with the NFL Network, of uh, collecting um, the information, the details, the interviews. It was, you know, they they do a they do a they do the best. They yeah. do the best, man. And it was over like three to four months, or probably even more, like them putting all this together. And mm-hmm. I'm like. Scrunch it all into 44 minutes. It's not really an hour because of commercials. Mm -hmm. 44 minutes of my journey. It's pretty, it it was, it was, it was, uh, it was exciting, man.
3: Well, good for you. Well-deserved. And I hope, and in our 21st century world where media does matter and whether or not voters will, uh, will acknowledge as much. I hope that that maybe reminds people of uh, the fact that 55 deserves a gold jacket as well. It's certainly your D You know of, what? I thought of something. You I, were kicking asses in January <laughs> many times
5: over. I am in the Hall of Fame, though. Four? Four.
3: Most, most sacks in the postseason?
5: Most postseason and then single, single single game.
3: What, it's like a picture of you? It's or two.
5: What? It's like a little thing. They put like a little shrine, a little thing up. So I am in there some way. All right. Good Not good enough. I was gonna for now until somebody breaks it. Until Von Miller or something. What was the, What's the single game record? Four and a half. Four and a half. Who did Who did come against? Jacksonville.
3: All right. All right. Now we're all up to speed. Let's look. That's sure. rearview mirror stuff. And like I say, hopefully in the future, that gold jacket in Canton, Ohio. See. Let's focus, though, in the short term, what's going to happen up in Foxborough. The last time the Kansas City Chiefs paid a visit up in Ooh. there, they whipped the Patriots. Yes, they, they stunned didn't. the world this side of Maurice Jones. Say it crew. again.
5: Why do you want me to say that again? They whipped the because, I mean, that's what they're hearing. That's what they're hearing all week long. For the last 10 oh, days. You're,
3: you're, for you're. the
5: last 10 days, that's what they've been hearing. They couldn't get that last game over, the Indianapolis game. They couldn't get that game over quick enough before. I'm sure as soon as they walked in to take off their uniforms, it was stuff for Kansas City Chiefs all up all over the place. That's what he does. That's what Belichick does. That's what a lot of coaches do. You know, you got to figure out how to motivate guys and get them going early. And by the, by the time this 10 days is up, these guys are going to be ready to run through brick walls, break it down for us. I I love those kind
3: of narratives and everything else, but the serious football guys will tell you that doesn't matter. That's so much
5: doesn't matter. There's a lot of emotion and a lot of those things matter in football, like Mm -hmm. to get men to rally and play at a certain level. Um, a lot of people don't think that the Patriots can handle the Kansas city chiefs right now, which they're playing amazing football offensively anyway. Um, and the defense is starting to catch up, um, if, 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 if I'm the Patriots and I'm that defense, the one thing is like, what do we do? And going into those games, um, when we played those high-powered, whether it was Peyton Manning or, you know, whether it was the Rams or whether it's Denver Broncos, those, those high-powered offenses, the one thing we'll say is, listen, we can't stop everybody. They got too many pieces, too many weapons. Mm-hmm. But what we can do is take away a couple things and force other people just to be the heroes for 60 minutes. And that's the approach you got to take. OK,
3: give me give me a little prediction. I don't uh, suspect that uh, Belichick's contacting you or perhaps he is that if he did. Hey, Willie, who are the two who are the two offensive pieces we must take
5: away? We're going to take away Hunt because he heard him out of the backfield for big plays in the passing game last time and running the football uh, for that matter. And we're going to take away Tariq Hill. Uh, deep, deep threat. Can which he heard him too in big plays. Mm-hmm. So you want to eliminate the big plays and you want to try to take away the run game and the running backs. If the running game and the running backs are playing outstanding, it opens up so many other things. So if you watch Jacksonville play against Kansas City a week ago, Kansas City took away Tariq Hill pretty much. Mm-hmm. But then Kelsey stepped up and had a big game. And then Sammy Watkins had a big game. And of course Hunt. So with this team, with Kansas City Chiefs, you got to pick your poison. Um, the great Defensive minds, they say, hey, we're just trying to slow them down and limit them, take away a couple things and make this other element beat you. The other way is your offense can help you a ton. Okay. Remember when Jacksonville played the Patriots early in the season? Tom Brady spent most of the That's time it, on the right? sideline. Spin the clock as much as you, you have can. to. Right. You got to be able to run the ball against this team, and they've struggled against the run. You got to be able to have those long, consistent. Eighty yards, seventy yards, seventy-five yard drives to keep this high-powered offense off the field, and you got to score when you get in your opportunities. Field goals won't do it. You got to get in the end zone.
3: Hmm. Interesting analysis there. It all makes sense, and I do think that uh, in broad strokes, in, in in a simplistic way, I'm with you. I think that we'll see a lot of Sony Michelle in this game. Yeah. James White, a lot of safe passes from twelve to James White and Sony Michelle. they're not going to back
5: down. Now they got weapons too. Edelman's back. Gordon's starting to find his way. Philip Dorsett has a role, you know. Hogan is in there. Gronk is Gronk is is geeked. I'm I'm sure he's probably the most geeked this week because everybody's comparing him to Kelsey, who's the best tight end. So he's geeked up. Um, so there's a lot of there's there's a lot of like hidden little. Matchups to watch in this game. I think it'll, I think it'll Don't be... Don't you space. see?
3: Don't you see why? We talk about the Chiefs and we talk about the Jaguars and the Bengals are rising. I love and, the Bengals. And mean, Baker yeah. Mayfield is is a nice story and so on and so forth. And it all doesn't matter. None of it matters a why lick. Why not? Because I saw what happened on Thursday Night Football last week. They I, just came out. All we needed was, to, just like you said, that the Patriots needed something to put the chip on their shoulder. And the national media gave it to them. Once again, oh, is it over? Is Brady done? <laughs> the Patriots, is there right now? Why do they over? do that? I don't know why, Willie, and I don't we like it. We never do it. We know I better.
5: I don't like it. We've I don't like the people do
3: it because it's exactly, it's bulletin board for for Belichick, and then he passes it on to the players, and then you just whip everybody in the AFC <laughs> and render all the fun stories moot come January, right? You're going to the Super Bowl again. I'm
5: not going to say that's too early. It was week six. Right. Come on. It's week right. six. Give me, your,
3: give me your final score from Foxborough.
5: Uh, I, I'm not sure yet. It's too early in the week. I got to do some more. I got to, I got to break some more things down.
3: All right. I respect it. I guess last question for you on Monday night, when we talked about on the uh, last DDFP with both Maurice Jones, Drew and Reggie Wayne, a wide ranging debate about it's the oldest discussion, or at least in the Super Bowl era, do rings matter if you're a QB? Yes or Sorry. no? I think they do. Yeah, of course they do. And I'm not talking about – and then people want to play the game. Oh, so so Trent Dilfer is better than Dan Reno. No.
5: <laughs> you no. can't go there. Now, I will say um, rings have a lot to do with teams. Sure, of it course they do. It has a lot do. to do with team and coaching, and there's a lot of elements that play into it, but they also have to do with who's at the quarterback position.
3: Of course. Is I it a fluke? Yeah. That, is it a fluke that Tom Brady has won all those rings and and Roethlisberger has two and Peyton has right. two and Rodgers has one and right. Breeze? Who wins the majority of them? It's not an absolute, like, if you don't have one of those guys, you have no chance you gotta of winning have, the You've got to have
5: a guy or a guy you have a playing. a much better chance or, of it. Or a guy playing at that type of level at the right time. Okay. Right? kind of like the quarterback in Baltimore. He, I I right. right. At the playoffs, during the regular season, uh eh, playoffs fire or in Hines Field. That's a, that's a flack of another one. Contract fire. My deal is up, fire. Yeah. Super Bowl win, huge contract fire. Back to back to land. Back to earth.
3: I'm with you. All these serious <laughs> here, Tell me if you agree with this. Here's my hypothesis. Okay. Really. I think a lot of the football media out there they want to be smarter than the average fan. I get it on a level you don't get it. <laughs> here's, the, here's the food chain in, in football coverage. Head coaches love to condescend to the media, right? Bill Belichick and everybody, you don't understand. I could try and explain it, but you wouldn't get it. So then those guys get a chip on their shoulder, the media does, and then they have to condescend to casual fans who say things that are apparently simplistic like rings matter. I'm not saying it's the only thing that matters, but it does matter when you're talking about who's the best of all time. And also the other discussion I don't understand is uh, or or the thing when people say, well, who cares? Why do you have to debate who's better between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and John Elway? Because why are we watching sports at all then? That's what's fun to
5: do. (laughs) Everything's a competition. Of course! That's what's fun to do. And
3: and when you get into that top five, that top ten in the Super Bowl era, we have to figure out
5: what the criteria is to evaluate and rings do count. I have have one for you though so if you don't have rings does records matter it's good yeah yeah, yeah. okay
3: right doesn't it oh, okay. i don't think i don't think records determine. records records over rings no Ray,
5: I, I, rings over records see that's a tough one
3: well i'll t- I, I as an objective evaluator that is interesting as if you're asking me which would I prefer as a player? Of course. I certainly would prefer the rings to they the record. Because that's why
5: you play the game. Well, I don't th- – I, I think That's th- why you play the game for the rings. No, not everybody. Well, I've talked to plenty of bet- guys. You better not say that, I, That's right. You but better I, not say, hey, I, I'm out here. I don't care if we win a championship as long as I, my stats are or killer at the end of the game. I'm You good. know that that's true, though. You know that there's yeah. some percentage of guys. In the I don't want to play that, with that guy.
3: But you know that that exists. Though. Yeah, it is.
5: There's selfish guys Statistics, out there.
3: Statistics – well, I will say this. Statistics do not equal who is best always. No. Emmett Smith proves that. Emmett Smith is not the best running back of all time.
5: In your eyes. Come on. Certain people, certain fans' eyes, he is. He was a great banger of a running back. Was but a he was a great to, running back. I mean.
3: I'll take Tony Dorsett over him.
5: Yeah, but the numbers. He's before your But he, well, listen to this. The numbers don't prove that.
3: Nah, listen. If Tom Landry had given <laughs> 33 five more touches a game, he would have
5: retired as the all time leader. No, and if he would have had the same offensive line, we can go all the way down the line with that one. All right. You know what? Scram, 55. <laughs> Good
3: stuff, though. I'm out of here. Great stuff. And muzzle Tub again on the football life. I loved it. Thank you.
7: You're listening to David ah, I
3: love Willie. He's the tops. Um, all right. Now, come on in here. Handsome, you're still here.
7: Shall I leave now?
3: Well, you and I are I was I are both hoping to leave. hang
7: out with Willie because he and I, I
3: don't know if you know, are pretty close. I did know that. Yeah, he yeah. speaks very highly of you. Um, and now into Studio 66 as we depart. It's the debut. We've done it with me in here with Eddie Spaghetti and Martin Weiss before. But now I'm, we're just going to fully turn the reins over to them. Frank, do you have a good name for this show yet, uh, Spaghetti?
8: We do not. We could. I mean, the Dave Damaschek football program after show or something. I don't know. I'm all about promoting you still. It's part of your umbrella of Bro shows. Up.
7: What, do you, what do you like, Handsome? What's a good name for their program? How about something like um, the Eddie Murphy Laughter Hour? Okay. We'll go with that for right now. I'm, f-
8: I'm fine with that.
3: Go yeah. college
7: football specific. Oh, it's about college football. Sorry, I didn't yeah. realize. It's about college okay. football. Okay. Yeah.
8: yeah.
3: Um, all right. Enjoy it and uh, and sit back and listen and certainly send your critiques over. I'd be interested to hear uh, what you guys think of these two chopping up uh, college football. Another big week coming at you. For pro football, though, and for Handsome Hank and for Matt Money Smith and Willie McGinnis, it's been... Go ahead, play the song there, Spaghetti. Because this is like the proper end of the show. Right? Is that how we want to do it, Emma? Yeah, because I don't think we want...
8: This is a bit disjoint yeah, in the ending. It's my, my fault.
3: Well, what's done is done. Pro football, we'll talk to you after it. It's been a thin slice of heaven. And now, Spaghetti and Weiss. Take it away, fellas.
8: All right. So first off, thanks, Dave. Uh, we didn't get to college football talk in the DDFP. So now uh, Eddie Spaghetti sitting here with uh, my man Ken Brown and Martin Weiss here to talk some college football. Uh, we don't necessarily have a name for this segment yet. We had a couple.
9: Early nominee, the DDFP office hours. I like
8: office hours. I like that. Office
1: Eddie. hours could work. Yeah. because well, And then that's not just college football. It could lead to 20 anything. minutes of... Sure. Nonsense, which is the, no, a yeah, lot of which, which
8: is the DDF, which is a lot of what DDFP is, anyway. Exactly. I like office hours. I can I'll write that down. Office hours
9: every so often, I get a good one.
8: Um, so I think today there's three big games on Saturday. The night game is Michi- uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Oregon, Washington, LSU, Georgia, right? Uh, those are the three big games. Quickly off the bat, though, because uh, selfishly myself and uh, and Kent are Notre Dame fans, but Ken, you're also from the Pittsburgh area, so. Yes. Well, I'll start with you. What do you think about that game really quick?
1: I'll say this. If Notre Dame is close in this game in the fourth quarter, my phone will be off. Oh, yeah. I will not be looking at my group text because everyone in my family and everyone involved in Pittsburgh groups, they all hate Notre Dame. Sure. And most of them are Pitt fans. Okay. My twin brother went there. My dad's a Pitt guy. But with that said, Notre Dame should blow them they out. They should, yeah. Pitt's defense has not been good. Ian Book's been great. He's Notre a, Dame's yeah. D. This... Sh- It's a 21 point line for a reason. Mm -hmm. I think Notre Dame wins probably right around that number. Uh, Yeah, I uh, their hardest game left
8: uh, was the the game in Blacksburg was versus Virginia Tech. That was the one game that was everyone like, oh, it could be a coin flip. It could be uh, one of those like not really a trap game because. Bottec's not a bad team, but that is the the one game that everyone thought they could slip up because the rest of the way they are favored, uh, like we, we've talked about uh, off air. So I think Notre Dame should win. I would love to see Ian Book just throw for 400 yards, five touchdowns, and just take him out. I'm like, oh, that's it. We're up big. Like, you did your job, and just an easy win, you know, just to coast by. I would, I would love to see that.
1: Yeah, we don't um, want it to be like 2012 when you had undefeated Notre Dame going up against a struggling pit mm-hmm. and then needing three or four overtimes to win. Right. We don't want that. We don't want Sheck to come to the office next Monday <laughs> and just be bragging to you or I, yeah. hey, did you see Pitt win that game? How about those Panthers? Mm-hmm. They beat Clemson two years ago. They beat Penn State two years ago. Last year, Pitt was a team that you know nearly pulled off a big upset as well. Right. Pitt's always in the mix to beat a really good team. I just hope this year it's not Notre Dame.
8: Uh, yeah, I agree. And uh, I've been very happy with them this year. Running game defense has been awesome. Uh, they've been a lot of fun to watch. Um, so let's move on. Which games should we tackle first? Martin, your pick. What do you want to do? Big, well, I just, big three.
9: On Notre Dame. you I, wanna, oh, you I have no team. interest in game. watching Notre Dame. I want them to win because I'm a Michigan fan. Sure. So that being the one loss on Michigan's resume at the moment. I love it. If Michigan wins out, they should be in the playoff anyway. Okay. But right. yeah. no I'm, matter what Notre Dame does, but I'd like to see Notre Dame beat Pitt, but... I don't I can't stand Notre Dame.
8: Quick side note at uh, Big Dean Santa Monica on Saturday. this past Saturday when I was watching Notre Dame uh, play. Uh, Virginia Tech, and then the Red Sox Yankees game was on, and I was wearing my Aaron Judge t shirt. Yankees won game two. Obviously, now they lost the ALDS, but uh, which is and, a
9: tough moment for uh, Notre Dame <laughs> fans everywhere.
8: That's the that was a funny thing is because I, they had the two TVs on, so when it was like uh, I believe they it was like a what happened? It was like a defensive, Notre Dame they scored def- a defensive touchdown, didn't
1: they? Yeah, Kareem. Strip the quarter right, after Julian crazy. Love Ex- scored
8: the touchdown. Exactly. So I was cheering for that, and then people in, saw me in the Yankees gear, and the one guy was like, <laughs> "He's like you, you know. He's like you root for teams that everyone hates." And I'm like, "Well, first of all, New York, I root for everything New York based. I'm not one of those weirdos. that's like Yankees, Lakers, Cowboys, uh, whatever. But Notre Dame, I just like because New York City doesn't have a team. No one cares about Rutgers. No one cares about Army and West Point. No one cares about Syracuse. No one cares about." uh i mean penn state not really no one cares. i mean what else is close boston college there's no other northeast teams that people really care about i'm not close enough to the penn state region to be part of that cult um so i was just like irish catholic in new york city my whole family roots in Notre Dame. it was just like that's the thing uh, hey, you don't have to explain i'm defending myself
9: <laughs> yeah i know i, I didn't attack you We've i wasted, just said it's just kind of gross. i know
8: i'm just naturally defensive
9: anyway uh look
1: i went to miami my brother played at miami i love the hurricanes but I've been a Notre Dame fan since I was six. Mm-hmm. Again. That's eve
9: that that's that's blasphemous. Oh I,
1: well, conv- my, conv- my whole, first convicts. and my whole yeah, family yeah. well, I missed it. I was I was too young for that. My whole family hates Notre Dame, except my grandfather, who was recruited by Notre Dame. Wow. We used to go to Notre Dame trips. I went to every Pit Notre Dame game from ninety six until two thousand eleven. So I was always at the Pit Notre Dame game. That's why this weekend for me it's a big one, but like we said, the Irish should be in good shape. They're out here twice. It's good for Eddie and I. They play in San Diego against Navy late October. There you go. And then they play USC, which hopefully will be their play-in game into the playoffs. Yeah. Six years ago, they had that. They beat FC, They get in the national title game. We're not going to talk about that game. Yeah.
8: But overall, I think I think the same result uh, might happen. Though.
9: In that national title game, Notre Dame was annihilated by the SEC team. They won't so, change. They but you know who
1: change. Michigan Michigan opened up that season against Alabama? I remember. And they got I mean, the also was annihilated.
9: Yes. But, uh, your pick, I was going to say, let's go to two SEC teams, which could potentially demolish Notre Dame in the college football playoff. Number two, Georgia playing number 13 LSU.
8: Um, I think LSU coming off the tough loss, it's one of those things where some people are going to be like, "Oh, well, Coach O will have them rally." He's, everyone loves him now. Coach O is like the fan favorite of everyone. Not even just LSU people; just just love his style. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to be one of those things where he'll rally them. If it was like a lesser SEC team, I'd say like they're going to come back, you know, guns blazing. But it's Georgia. Georgia very well could be the second best team in the country. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if Coach O will have LSU and the Tigers in this game. I mean, ready to. George is awesome.
1: Please tell me, by the way, you guys have seen that commercial when Coach O was at Ole Miss. He did a car Car commercial commercial. for Hummers. Yep. And he throws to a guy. He goes, tell him, JoJo. And he throws to this guy who should never be on camera. Right. It is one of the funniest like 30-second commercials ever. i got to see it. And because of that, I want to root for Coach O. Also, Coach O, back when he was the D-line coach at mm. Miami in mm. the early 90s, he gave The Rock a few of his signature phrases that he used in the WWE for a while, like opening a can, wow. and all that sort of stuff. What? Rudy Rudy, Poo candy, you know, the mm-hmm. end of that quote. Those were all Coach O quotes that The Rock then took and turned into his wrestling persona. So That's you got l- to huh. love Coach O.
8: I do, and I am rooting for them. Yes. I just don't see it being possible.
1: With that said, I'm with you. I think Georgia wins. Although I'll say this, if LSU doesn't turn the ball over... They're good at stopping the run, and that's what Georgia does. They want to run the football. I expect this to be close, but I'm going to go with Georgia here because LSU's offense probably doesn't score more than 21 in this game. But
9: you're right. I think I'm going to zig where everybody else is zagging. I think LSU probably comes out with the win just off the strength that they did lose a. It was a tough loss was, last week yeah. in Florida. Yeah. It was a game that was eminently winnable. And well, that's the problem. Florida, I don't think Florida
8: <laughs> was really that good. And I don't LSU, think so either. LSU was ranked fifth, but I never felt that LSU was in the, the upper tier. If we want to do tiers, I think Alabama's probably alone. Yes. But probably? This, this, the really? Do you have a question about <laughs> well, that? Well, I don't, I don't know if we're going to put, like, you want to put Alabama with uh, no, I Georgia put Alabama as a third NFL team. Okay, so right. Alabama's by itself. The second tier, and I, we all agree, it's Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson, or no?
1: Notre Dame would be
8: there. You as think well. so? Yeah. Uh,
9: see, so. I'm not. I don't. I'm want with to, your first three. Notre Dame. Yeah, I
8: don't want to. I'm. Uh, I'm. I don't, I'm afraid. I'm just nervous. I don't. Notre, Notre Dame's defense them. is a lot better. They than are Iowa very. States. They, yeah. No, I agree. I think. no I think with those. Those the second tier. Notre Dame played Georgia, Ohio State, or Clemson. Those are coin flip games. Uh, Alabama. I don't. That's the one team. I'm like, we're not. I'm going, and we're not going to win.
1: Oh, I've already said it was a few weeks ago after Bama murdered Ole Miss. I said, and Ole Miss isn't good, but I said, there's not one team that's going to be within 14 points of Alabama, whether it's in the playoffs, the SEC title game, Probably the closest game Bama would get is if they scrimmaged their second team in right. practice, and that's not a good sign for the rest of the. Country. I love their something
9: catastrophic scorters. would have to happen. Yeah, like who, I'm not I every
1: who sc- would have to go down. If he goes down, then it resets. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, sorry. he's and been he just, he's just been unbelievable. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is <laughs> also
8: good. The team is just loaded. Every score is like sixty six to nine. It's just like what is the point? It's that being said too though, is like their schedule isn't as tough as like say Georgia's. I think Georgia has the next few games are all pretty hard. Georgia's next. They're going to slip up.
1: Georgia's not going to win their next four. I agree. They're going to slip up. And that's probably why they don't make the playoffs. If they go in 12 and 0 and Bama's 12 and 0, whoever loses that is still probably in But Georgia has LSU. They have Auburn. They have Florida. Uh, They have a bunch of losable games on the horizon. And also, You have to realize with Georgia as well, their offensive line is really young. It's a bunch of freshmen and sophomores, Mm -hmm. and even though that's good in the long haul, all those guys are going to be future draft picks in a few years. That's not good when you're playing LSU, and then we mentioned Auburn. Those are great D lines, and even Florida. Look at what they did last week against LSU. Their defensive front was dominant in that game. I'm with you, Eddie. I think Georgia will eventually lose. I hope Martin's right. I, th- I hope LSU can win this week, but I think it will probably be in the next two to three weeks that they actually drop their first. Sure.
8: Uh, let's move on to – we'll save uh, Martin's Michigan game for last. We'll do next up Oregon and UW. Uh, uh, they're playing Washington. Uh, Ducks, Huskies, who wants to uh, start with this one?
1: I'll start with this one, and I'll say that I'm liking – the 17th-ranked Oregon Ducks. I think they gave a game away against Stanford. Mm. They had the chance to win this, and Justin Herbert was amazing. He had one incompletion for the first three and a half quarters. He was great. The running game was great. They were physical on the offensive line. Their defense even looks better than most people would think an Oregon defense would look. But then on the other hand, you have Washington. They have a bunch of NFL players on defense. Yep. They don't have a lot on offense at the moment. Jake Brown, he's, been, he's struggled. Miles Gaskin's been solid. But their offensive line, they lost their top tackle, Trey Adams, before the season. He was ruled out for the year. Without him, they're, that's kind of a weakness. And against Oregon, I think you're going to need to get at least the high 20s, if not low 30s. And I don't think Washington will have enough. Washington, they've only lost to Auburn. They're in the playoff mix. But this doesn't look to me to be the team that was two years ago when they made the playoffs right. or even last year for the first eight weeks when they had a really good O-line. Washington, to me, looks more like a 9-3 and three type of team. And this is in Autzen Stadium. It's an Oregon team that's mad that they blew that Stanford game two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I think the Ducks get to win.
9: Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Ken here because I, I... – I saw Justin Herbert and he just, he just looks like the next quarterback from the New York giants. <laughs> you stole my point. I was about to make. No, but seriously, like yeah. he looks like, yeah. like if you are, if you have a question right now at the quarterback position in the NFL, that looks like the best possible answer right there in Oregon. I agree with you on saying that Washington is not, has taken some steps back from the two, three years prior. I think this is one of their three or four losses on a year.
8: I, I've been watching a ton of PAC 12 just from being out here, living out here that the the, the the times of the games line up way easier with what I'm doing. I did watch the entire Stanford, Oregon game too. Stanford blew it. Uh, and yeah. And Oregon, uh, and especially with her. Oregon blew I should, uh, yeah. yeah, I've been. I mean, I've watched a lot of Oregon games because of Herbert, and I wanted to see what he's all about. Because you go into the season, going who are the, the the better quarterbacks, and obviously Browning was a name. Uh, you have like Stidham in Auburn, and you have um what's his name uh, Locke in in Missouri. But Herbert is a guy that you look at him. you are like, all right, he has the measurables. He's mobile. He has a good arm. So I watch a ton of them uh play, and. You know, there's not a lot of buzz around him yet. Like I feel like there was last year with you, obviously with Mayfield and Rosen and Darnold and Lamar Jackson to an extent, uh, Josh Allen. But come draft time, and you know, there's always a team like the Giants that needs a quarterback. And the minute he goes to the combine, he's in shorts and they, and they put the the tape to him and see how tall he is and see how how far he could throw. And he he's athletic as as you could be for a quarterback. I mean, he's gonna he's super impressive.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think he checks all the boxes. Sure. The last four or five years, Oregon's had trouble trying to get that big-time recruit to go there. Yeah. at quarterback or the ones that were there and didn't pan out. He's a local kid. He's from Eugene. He kind of just wanted to play locally. If he was from anywhere else, Oregon probably doesn't even look at it. Right. They knew of him. They brought him in. And now he's been just a terror for defenses. Last year when he was playing... I think he got hurt three or four games. When he wasn't starting, they averaged around 15 points a game. When he started, they were over 50 points a game. Mm. It's that significant, almost a (laughs) 35-point difference of when he was out there. And that shows a lot about who he is because it's one thing if you remove one player from like a basketball team where there's only five guys out on the court. If you remove one player from a football team, it shouldn't be a 35-point difference. And with Justin Herbert last year, it was. So he's very good. And like I said, if they didn't blow that game – two weeks ago maybe Washington steals one but if they want any chance to win the conference or stay in a playoff race they have to win this game and I like Herbert and I have no reason to think they won't show up and play well at home
8: he big player in a big spot yeah if he makes plays I mean he's I'm already sold but if he wins this game I mean I I'm all bored. I almost want the Giants to like not win versus the Eagles <laughs> the rest of the way, just to tank and to get a shot at him. Uh, because and it's funny too because he's coming to the NFL now. Most most teams have quarterbacks, um, and you know again with the no buzz thing. But every year there's still a guy. That is good. Like, yeah, you know, there's still drafts. There was no, not a lot of buzz with Goff and Wentz, and look at the, how those guys are now.
1: And there's two guys in that Washington secondary that will be high NFL picks. Taylor Rapps a safety, and Sidney Jones is a corner. Mm-hmm. So if he does well against them, that's a good sign, because those guys will be day one or day two picks sure. in the next right. year or two. So that's definitely a deal where if he goes 26 for 34, three touchdowns, that says a lot against future NFL talent.
8: Well, there you have it. Um, let's go on to the final game: uh, Martin's Wolverines versus <laughs> um, the Wisconsin Badgers.
9: I was so I was in Costa Rica actually watching Michigan lose to Notre Dame, and I was sitting back.
1: Great, great. Side I think there. Jim Harbaugh wishes he was in Costa Rica yeah. too.
9: I'll tell you, it, it, we may as well have been calling the same place because mm. I mean I was sitting back like this is another year. This team stinks. This team's no good. I'm so sick of watching it. Oh, you guys are Notre Dame fans. You know, the, the September Heismans of like where we have, which which is one of these teams is really good. And it turns out that neither, like as mm-hmm. Notre Dame and Michigan progressed throughout the year. But so I was all ready to, to punt the season and after, after I have to to uh, Notre Dame. But this, this Michigan team has just gotten better every week. And that for the first time in my Michigan fandom since two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, the, the first me and Rich Rodriguez started at the same time at University of Michigan.
1: Tate Fourcier.
9: Oh, you know it, baby. <laughs> you nut. That's a deep dive. Talk but about a
1: September Heisman. Oh my. Tate Fourcier, after the game he put on against Notre Dame in two thousand nine, yes. people were writing him in, and then he transferred out three months later.
9: Well, I mean, he transferred out for the next September Heisman, which would have been Denard Robinson, right. but. Uh, for the first time in my Michigan fandom career, I they have a quarterback who, while Denard was a unique offensive weapon, they have a quarterback who seems like he could potentially be in the pros someday, like as a player. Like he's, he's putting the ball on guys where this is most of the time I'm used to watching guys like make, obviously not Odell Beckham, but Odell Beckham style catches because the ball is who knows where because the guy who's throwing it is who knows who. So I just... I don't know. I was high on Michigan the last, like, two weeks, and I'm going to pick them again. Wisconsin, I, who did they lose? not it BYU? BYU, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wisconsin, and I just don't – that the meat-and-potato style offense, I feel like Don Brown can do well with that.
1: The one thing I will say, though, and this is where it's kind of a weird game, Wisconsin has not been able to get any pass rush all year, mm-hmm. but Michigan hasn't shown the ability in big games to prevent teams from getting in the backfield. The right. offensive line, the tackles in particular, have been bad. I feel like whichever kind of mediocre group rises probably wins that game because on the other side, I think we feel good that Wisconsin knows what they do up front and so does Michigan. These are two fronts that know there's a bunch of NFL talent on both sides. But I would still be worried if I'm a Michigan fan, which I'm not, but for you, Mm -hmm. is this offensive line going to step up Dominate that front from Wisconsin that's vulnerable, and then you beat them over the top because if you get time, Shea Patterson will win them this game Mm -hmm. if he's back there untouched. But if he's hit the way he was against Notre Dame Mm -hmm. or the way Michigan quarterbacks have against Penn State and Ohio State in the past, Michigan State, then they probably lose. I'm going to side with Wisconsin here, take the Badgers, because I know Jonathan Taylor will show up. Right. He's not going to get shut out. Yeah. Michigan might limit him to 90 or 100. He's not getting 30 or 40 yards. And then I also feel like I've seen Hornybrook against a good front last year against Miami. He ripped mm-hmm. them to shreds with short passes, tight ends, players down the seam. I think Wisconsin's proven they can win these games the last few years. Michigan so far hasn't. If Michigan wins this, it'd be a huge win for Harbaugh, but I'm going to go with the team that's proven more that they're capable of winning these, so I'm going to go Badgers.
8: Yeah, it's it's one of those things where Harbaugh needs to win. because oh, and, and I don't have to tell you that, so we don't have to harp on that, but he needs to win this game. He needs to beat a big-time team. Uh, I like what you said about Hornibrook, too. Is like If Wisconsin's relying on Hornibrook, they're not going to win the game, but they don't have to because they have Taylor and they have that, that humongous offensive line, but – Michigan's D-line's really good, like Rashawn Gary, a bunch of other players in that line, so it's like you can see them really go head-to-head there. I side with Wisconsin's O-line and Taylor making enough plays to win this game. Uh, Shea Patterson as well, Harbaugh finally has a quarterback. That's what he's known for. He's known as being the, uh, n- or another one of these quarterback whisperers. I'll just turn a guy Everybody
9: wants to say that, and I get it's like the immediate sentence you have to say after Jim Harbaugh, like that, and he wears khaki pants. But just delete Colin Kaepernick and, and Andrew Luck out of the world and just tell me how much of a quarterback guru.
8: Well, up. and Alex Smith. All right. It's, it's see, a lot. A, it's a, I'm just no, saying again. he has a track record. I would I would say that he knows what he's doing with that. And he found, I mean, but you were saying like that Michigan didn't really really had that guy. Now they kind of do. Uh, so I they have been better. They're covered behind wind versus uh, Northwestern recently like It's a great win. You need to do that for your team. Show that you can come back from the adversity. They couldn't do it versus Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame was just flat out the better team week one. But some teams do take a few games to kind of get a feel for things. And, uh, and I think Michigan is on a hot streak. So if they do win this game, they... Very well could be a team that wins out, and ha- and then that one loss in the beginning hurts them. But they could have a shot at maybe being a Final Four team uh, if they can get by uh, Wisconsin and Ohio State amongst other teams. But there's absolutely
9: uh, no way that the committee keeps out a one loss Michigan out of the college football. Oh yeah, playoffs. because if they if win they're on out, the
8: table, they're yeah, yeah they they one loss They have a real case absolutely. And I could I could almost see them being a hot team, but ultimately I still. I'm going to go with Ken here, and I still think that Wisconsin has played a have played a lot of big spots. I think if Mich- Michigan loses, it really puts uh, Harbaugh on the hot seat for real. Uh, and I just I love Taylor. I love the the Wisconsin offensive line, and I think they ultimately they will be a little bit better, a smidge better than than Michigan's D line. That's the really the deciding factor in that game.
1: Wisconsin is one of the more underappreciated big game teams. Like if you look at them over the last ten to fifteen years, and even recently with Paul Christ, Mm -hmm. they're not a team who gets hyped up like a lot of other national contenders, but they seem to win. If they have three big games in the season, they'll win two or three of those every time. Mm -hmm. And this is one for Michigan. And I want to ask you this, Martin, is Jim Harbaugh a good play caller at this point? Because when you look at him in the past, when he was at Stanford, what was Stanford doing? Everyone else was running spread. He ran power Mm -hmm. and just ran it down everyone's throat. And no defense was used to that. Now in the Big Ten, he's trying to do that. And it seems to be five years behind. Don Brown's an excellent D coordinator. I'm not sure that Harbaugh at this point should be the play caller. I kind of feel like the next step for his evolution, the same way that Brian Kelly gave Chip Long now, this is your play calling, I'm going to be the CEO. I feel like Harbaugh needs to designate the play calling to a a true OC because when you watch them play, you can almost predict 80% of the plays that Michigan is going to run in big games and that's the reason why Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, M- Michigan State have been beating them is they know what's coming from Michigan, and if you don't have an all-American t- caliber quarterback, you can't really pull those wins off if that's the case.
9: I'd say the thing, the thing about it is... Even without having, I mean, because Jake Rudock, I mean, he had a couple, I don't know if he's still in for the Lions practice squad, but he had a couple coffee in the NFL yeah. and started a, a bunch of games at Iowa. So I, he's a serviceable quarterback. And I felt like when the problem was always the execution for Michigan, even if you knew they were running the ball, it'd be like, okay, seven yard gain, holding, the, you know, DPI, or all these penalties, stupid, like a lot of offsize penalties and stuff like that. I really feel like that was what I was having seen Harbaugh from afar and then having the program be with the Rodriguez and the Hulk and then you know Harbaugh was supposed to be the guy to come in and clean it up the thing that I was really expecting as a Michigan fan that I didn't see was like discipline and just having 11 guys on the field at this all at the same time they were getting like 10 men on the field like 12 men on the field that type of stuff and that's the type of stuff I just didn't expect under this guy Harbaugh who would by all accounts had been like this disciplinarian style coach who burned everybody. Else. That's why I can't That's why I can't coach them to pros, right? Cuz after 3 years, these guys are pros. They want to be treated like, you know, like professional athletes as opposed to the college players. Right. Um so while I do think Michigan's offense is very meat and potatoes, I do think that a lot of it came down to just execution and just being blocking the right guys and putting hats on hats. And I think you see more of that as I think it was a problem against Notre Dame and as the season has gotten uh, progress further and further. I think you see it more. And just look at Karan Hayden's rushing yards to to prove it to you. And the offensive line is... But
1: those are his rushing yards against mediocre teams. I'm not... Against uh, Notre Dame, he didn't do much. Against Ohio State, that's where I want to see it. And look, Wisconsin, to me, defensively, is... far from Notre Dame this year, so he should have a pretty productive game. But if they can't do it against this Wisconsin defense, where you had uh, Squally Canada, the the BYU running back, rush for 150 against them, and you've seen other teams show that Wisconsin's defense is kind of a weakness, that's where they need to do it. This is a good statement game because the next two weeks, Michigan State, Penn State, you're going to find out a lot more. But this is the start. If Michigan wants to elevate themselves – You have to do it against this Wisconsin team because defensively, this is the worst Wisconsin defense there's been in probably a decade.
8: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens with uh, Harbaugh because if he loses this game, you know, Michigan fans are going to want him. Starting the chance, or to get him out of there. But the problem is, like he's he's, got, he's, he's just a Michigan by- guy. He can stay as long as he wants. So no, his buyout
9: him. is it's just, yeah. he oh, he's not fired. going anywhere. He that's, can't get fired.
8: That's the thing that's that's going to be very frustrating for a uh, uh, you know a fan like you. Especially when you, you do lose to Ohio State later on in the season. It's it's one of those things like where you're just stuck in like no man's land. But uh, eventually, if you guys get you know your recruits and you get his guys, you'll you know, it, it could turn things around. But uh, yeah, this week I I still am uh, going to slide with. Uh, wisconsin uh anyway uh first episode here we were lucky with a pretty good slate of games um hopefully the next time we get to a chance to do this together uh equally amount as good games but
9: uh i can't wait to pick tulsa next week
8: yeah <laughs> uh, exactly that's where we stuck with all the unranked teams we're like some action right action there and go. fun belt. Yeah, fun here belt. we go yeah exactly uh, anyway kent martin thank you guys uh for doing this and uh we'll see you next time